Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Tales. This is Mummy Work Okay, thanks. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are new around here, my name is Jordan and I'm the host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. This podcast is all about pregnancy, birth and postpartum, told from you, the listeners, your own real experiences and yeah, just so in love with hearing your stories. I'm a mum of two. I've got two beautiful boys, Jai and Ali. They are three and 16 months and man, we are in the thick of it right now. I just feel like between sickness and sleep regressions and work and daycare and oh gosh, feel like we are just um, on a hamster wheel that is only getting faster at the moment. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know a little bit more about that. If you don't, you can find me at Kiwi Birth Tales on Instagram. And what else do I do? I run Your Birth Project, which is an online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth. So if you're pregnant and you're not enrolled in Your Birth Project, you need to be. Um, actually our guest today was a Your Birth Project mama and she talks about how it helped her with her birth's mindset but yeah if you're pregnant it's a must have so you can always find it in the bio of the show notes or you can find it on the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram or you can head to at your birth project or www.yourbirthproject.com Okay, let's get into what we're talking about today. So this week's episode is actually sponsored by a new company in New Zealand and I am such a huge fan of everything that they are and everything that they do. So let me tell you a little bit about them. This week's episode is sponsored by Every Booby. Every Booby is a New Zealand company. It's owned and operated by two breast friends, Kristen and Carly. Often met with the task of finding bra-friendly garments for their rental company, Love and Lend, which by the way I'm a huge fan of, they decided to take matters into their own hands. Every Booby provides braless solutions for every size, shape and breast. That's right, we're supporting our gals from A to G. They're bringing you New Zealand's first lift and hold adhesive bra and extra wide boob tape for ultimate support and flexibility and outfit choices. It's time to say bye bye to the bra and hello to every booby. If you want to check it out, you can find them on Instagram or Facebook at every booby and it's every B-O-O-B-I or on their website www.everybooby.co.nz. And if you're listening to this episode, you are invited to try an exclusive Every Booby discount with a perky 15% off all their products. So the discount code is KBT15 at checkout. And I have used Every Booby tape. Like, uh, I just, I feel like when you've got big boobs or you've been um, pregnant or breastfeeding and then you want to wear something like strapless or you want to wear something that doesn't look great with a bra... I have just avoided that for honestly three years now because I haven't found a strapless bra that like 
fits me well and doesn't make my boobs look like so so massive so I just didn't even think about using boob tape because when I tried it in the past it just wasn't like right for my new size of boob (laughs) and pre-pregnancy I never even used boob tape because my boobs were so perky and I just didn't think I needed it but anyway that's definitely not my life now so I have used um yeah every booby tape I'm already through two rolls of it I literally use it all the time um, and to get it off because I did have a few questions about this so to get it off I usually use some type of oil so like olive oil or coconut oil or whatever I can find and I just let it like soak into the um, tape for like five minutes before I pull it off and then it comes off so easy and there's no irritation so if you want to give Everbooby a try I'm such a huge fan and yeah couldn't recommend enough so use KBT15 for a discount and I hope you love it. In today's episode, I am speaking with the beautiful India, and she takes us through her pregnancy and birth story with her daughter, Atlas. She has a super positive um, experience to share with us, which is so lovely to hear. If you are someone who is a little bit anxious about pregnancy or birth, then this should be a great episode for you. But either way, India is such a light, and I just know that you're going to enjoy listening to her story. So I will stop babbling on now, and I will let you enjoy your episode. I thank you for coming here if you're new and thank you for coming back if you are a regular listener. I hope you enjoy. I'd love to hear from you. So make sure you send me a message. Hi, India. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. (laughs) Me too. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your beautiful little family? Yes. Um, Well, I'm India. I have a daughter, Atlas. She's three months old and a partner, Tyler. Um, We live on the Hibiscus Coast. We're really lucky. We've been here our whole lives and yeah, it's a really nice little beach town. So we feel very lucky to live here. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, that's pretty much all about us, really. Um, Been together for seven years. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And we're going to talk lots about your pregnancy and birth and what it's like to be a mum. But if we just start with what the journey was like to pregnancy for you and Tyler. Definitely. Well, I came off the pill probably about June last year. So about six months before we conceived and we kind of just had this idea, like if it happens, it happens. And it's sort of an excitement more than anything. Um, wasn't really putting pressure on ourselves and kind of just like going with the flow. Um, and in 2022, it was my birthday and she was conceived. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a fluke, but I was ovulating on my birthday, which was quite lucky. And then, yeah, found out that we were pregnant in, on Valentine's Day. So it was a nice mm-hmm. little surprise, nice little Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, yeah, amazing, very cool. And did you have an inkling that you might be pregnant, or was it a total surprise when you took the test? I had a little bit of an inkling, only because I never have sore boobs when I'm expecting to get my period, and I was about five days late for my period as well. Um, yeah. So I kind of just thought, oh, that's a bit weird, and just to test, just in case. And yeah, it was positive, but lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> amazing and how were you feeling when you saw the positive um pop up on the test 
I think it kind of took my breath away a little bit because you don't really like nothing can prepare you for when you actually get the positive. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But no, it was like so exciting. And I told my partner, I kind of slept on it for a night and didn't tell him. And then the next morning, (laughs) like planned something for him. So it was nice and exciting. It's a bit scary, but really exciting. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Cool. And how are you feeling um, throughout your first trimester? Did you have many pregnancy symptoms? I was pretty lucky with my first trimester and I didn't get any symptoms at all besides just extreme hunger. Um, Yeah. And tiredness, really. I was quite lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you decide in your first trimester that you were going to go with a midwife or an OB for your care? I decided to go with a midwife because I heard raving reviews about my midwife that I decided to go with. So I got in really early and knew from the get-go that I wanted her. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's so nice when you've got like a recommendation or you know of someone um, that has used a midwife um, before and you're able to sort of go with them. So that's awesome. Exactly. And she had everything I wanted for a birth. Like just all of her reviews were amazing and really positive. So yeah, and you wanted her. Yeah, very cool. And what about your second trimester? Did you do all of the sort of standard testing, and did you want to find out the sex of your baby? Yeah, I did all the standard testing. We also did the nipped test, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's what it's called. And we found out the gender at I think bang on twelve weeks, which was really nice. I got my mum to let us know, which was really nice as well. Mm-hmm. Nice for her. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, just the usual blood tests, second t- trimester was pretty straightforward. Um, I think that was pro- probably the best experience. A lot of people will say that, but the second trimester yeah. you're showing and everyone's kind of like noticing it, but you're not like mm. massive, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I loved sure. it. Awesome. Cool. And did you have like a, you wanted a boy or a girl or like, did you have any feelings around that? I thought I would have a boy only just because the our track record, we both have a lot of boys in the family. So I just yeah. like automatically presumed it would be a boy. But deep down, I really wanted a girl and I didn't know I wanted a girl so mm-hmm. bad until I fell pregnant. And then girl, yeah. I was over the moon. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Cool. And did you and Tyler like – do anything special to try and come up with names had you always had a name in mind like what did that look like for you well I kind of just presented him my list and said look here you go (laughs) you've got this to work with um and he like yeah he said out of all the names that Atlas was his favorite for boy and girl because I had it on both lists yeah um and that was before he obviously found out the gender and then kind of throughout our pregnancy he found another name and like and a couple other names and we were kind of just always going back to Atlas. So we knew that that was her name from yeah. the get-go really. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And did you do any like antenatal classes or birth education or what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I actually did your, your birth project course, um, <laughs> which yeah. I loved. It was like I – changed my mindset about birth completely because you hear some horror stories and you you kind of automatically (laughs) have um, conceptions about how your birth's going to go so yeah I think that really helped 
change my mindset into a positive experience and like kind of say, look, like it is what it is and I can make every space my own. Um, yeah. And I also did antenatal, which was really nice because I meant that Tyler could kind of have more like hands-on education and feel a bit more confident. Um, it was pretty straightforward. Like for myself, I felt like mm. I didn't really learn anything um, that I didn't really know, but Tyler definitely found it really helpful and it was nice to meet other people. Did your was first aid course as well. So we just, Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Just to get ourselves back could happen as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And did you have like, after all of that, a feeling of how you wanted your birth to go? Did you have like a birth plan or where you wanted to give birth? What did that look like? I, the only thing I really had set in stone was the fact that I wanted to birth in hospital. Just, just the idea of being in a place where I could get help if I needed it um, quite urgently. Yeah. Um, besides that, like I just knew I, I could make into my own little space um, mm. and like, like lights and stuff like that. So anything that was to happen, I, as long as I had like one of those with me, I felt like it was the perfect birth for me you know um I didn't really want to have a plan in place only just because I am a very like I'm quite a planned person and I get things stuck in my head about how I want it to go (laughs) um so I couldn't like I would be so disappointed if it didn't go to plan so I just avoided doing that um from the get-go yeah yeah Awesome. Cool. And were you doing anything like birth prep wise? Were you doing internet expressing or perennial massage or any of the other things that, you know, people will tell you to do in the lead up to birth? I kind of avoided doing a lot of it besides just like the primrose oil. Um, I tried expressing, but I couldn't get colostrum myself. Um, Like I just didn't leak or anything like that. So yeah, I didn't really give it a good go but yeah just primrose yeah. oil every night was about and raspberry leaf to buckets of that cool and do you want to talk us through your labor starting so was it spontaneous how far along were you and then into your birth story yeah so I had a really straightforward labor I was 40 oh, 40 weeks and four days, I think it was. Um, so I kind of had in mind that I might be induced just because of like having it all um, like before then. And then it came to like a Friday night and I felt a little niggle and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Went to bed as usual, woke up the next morning, nothing kind of came of it. Um, then the... Saturday night again felt a little bit of a niggle and then that was it like nothing came from that either um then it picked up around 10 p.m night every like seven it was really inconsistent just very early labor Mm. cramps um so I kind of just went about my day and on the Sunday and um yeah just kind of like breathe through them when they got a little bit sore and then it came to about 4 p.m. that night or that afternoon and I just sat down on the bed because I was so tired just from like having to, I guess, like breathe through and all my like early labor contractions because mm. they weren't bad, but they were just still take your breath away a little bit. Um, and then 4 p.m. I was just sitting down and my waters broke and they gushed everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. And then I pretty much just went to the bathroom, had a shower, um, kind of breathed through them, but like straight away my contractions just ramped up like every two minutes. Um, yeah, it was pretty intense straight away. And I kind of sat on the toilet after I had a shower and I remember thinking, like, open up like a flower, open up like a flower. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then I pretty much just, I think I rung my midwife, like, 30 minutes after broke. And it got diverted to her practicing partner, um, mm-hmm. which was fine. It was nice. She was amazing as well. And she just said, can you try the TENS machine? And Tyler goes, yes, she can try it. She'll try it for, I don't know, however long. And I tried it like for maybe 10 minutes and I could not even breathe through it. It was like the contractions were just crazy. And we rung her back and she said, okay, we'll head into the hospital because by the sounds you're kind of like, it sounds like you're in quite active labor. Um, Yeah. So drove to the hospital and I got there and I was like could barely walk and I had towels all underneath me because my waters were still dripping I didn't know that that waters didn't just come out they continued Mm. to drip out for quite a long period of time um so got to the hospital and yeah got into my room got settled in and I straight away said I need the epidural it was just the pain was quite next level at that point um and I'd only been in labor for about an hour and a half, um, like yeah. in active labor. And so I got checked as well. And she said the guy will be about an hour away. And I was five centimeters dilated when they checked me. Um, I then kind of like breathed through it a little bit, but the contraction started ramping quite rapidly. Um, and I was like just just completely took my breath away. I was sweating like crazy. Mm -hmm. didn't want anybody to touch me, could not stop moving. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just kind of like swaying with the motions a bit and like the contractions were continuous, not just a little bit of a break in between. Um, In the meantime, my mum and Tyler kind of set up the room with my affirmations. My midwife had... Um, a diffuser, had tea lights and string lights and stuff. So she made it really beautiful. Tyler put on our playlist. So I kind of felt better knowing that I had my like comfort around me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still like the contractions were like, I just could not even look around me type thing. I couldn't <laughs> even take in my surroundings. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, yeah, like sat on the toilet for a little bit. And by that time, like by the time my epidural, uh, is it the anis? How do you say that? Anesthetist. that's one. Um, by yeah. the time he came in about an hour later, um, I got, he did the epidural and I've just felt like I was sitting on her, if that makes sense, when you crunch over and mm. I just didn't say anything. So I was like, no, like I was only five centimeters like 45 minutes ago or like an hour <laughs> ago. Um, yeah. There's no way. And I kind of just sat through it and then he gave me the epidural and I remember him talking me through all these, like, I don't know, like the warnings and stuff. And I was mm. just thinking, oh my gosh, just do it. Hurry up. I really like, I understand. <laughs> yes, go, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he did the epidural. I kind of sat back on the bed waiting for it to kick in, um, which was 
like you get the shakes. I was just like mm. shaking and was freezing. Um, and yeah. then after the epidural kicked in, my midwife checked me and she said, whoa, you're 10 centimeters and I can kind of feel the baby's <laughs> head. And yeah. so I was in like explains it a little bit because I was in transition for a lot yeah. of um, yeah. that time. But I just, you know, we weren't aware of it because I kept thinking, oh, it's mm. only going to get worse. Like, stop. You know, you just kind of mm. hear that it's going to yeah, get worse. Yeah, yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um. So yeah, my epidural kicked in, and they just said to me, um, like on the bed for about an hour because. It takes mm. about an hour for baby to come down the canal to be ready to push. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to just wait for about an hour. I napped and affirmations and around me, and it like it really really helped. Looking at the monitor and going, great! I cannot feel any of these contractions. <laughs> I am just <laughs> loving life. I was back to my normal yeah. self, just cracking jokes and all that. So um, yeah, it was really nice. And then. Came to about nine o'clock, I think. Yeah, about quarter to nine. And they said, you can start pushing. Um, it, like Tyler was on control of looking at the contractions and telling me when to push. And um, yeah, about an hour and 15 minutes later. And it was, yeah, probably the best experience I've ever had. I've had a really, mm-hmm. like, really positive experience. So I was really lucky. Yeah. Amazing. Isn't it crazy that you like had such a fast active labor? Like we hear all these stories about first time mums that have like really long labors and yeah, yours was pretty, pretty fast. That's really amazing. Yeah. I was really, really lucky, but my midwife said next time, just because it was so fast that you'd have to prepare for a home birth. Apparently you, Mm. you go a lot faster the second time around. So that's a little bit scary. I, I like the idea of being in hospital. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. And did they pop her straight up onto your chest when she was born? Yeah, they did. And we did delayed cord clamping, which was really nice. Um, but yeah. when she came out, I remember thinking, whoa, this is like the most surreal experience. Mm. You just like your baby's placed on your chest and you're now a parent for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So crazy. So crazy. I can totally relate. <laughs> um, <laughs> and did you need any stitches or anything like that? Yeah, so I they did the delayed cord clamping, but I must have been losing quite a lot of blood um, between that time. Um, yeah. And they the center and, yeah, they kind of just rung – like a doctor and it wasn't urgent or anything like that. They just called a doctor in and said, can you like assess this? I'm worried that she could be hemorrhaging. Um, mm. And the doctor kind of like, I think like maybe had a look around my uterus or something like that. I'm not really sure. It's like, so then the doctor just said, I will, I, I'll stitch her up because I'm here now and I've got nothing really to do, which was great because my midwife could take a little step back and, 
um, yeah, yeah, was do everything she needed to do. So I got to, I had a second degree tear. Um, they thought it might have been a third, but then it, they checked and it was fine. So a second degree tear, which was very like, lucky. Um, stitching was probably about fifteen minutes. Very straightforward. So yeah, really lucky. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. And what sort of happened from there? Like you got your little baby in your arms and yeah, what happened next? Yeah. So we kind of just went into the birthing room because it was about 10 o'clock at night. So they said they couldn't really discharge us until the next morning. Um, so we kind of went into like the recovery room and spent the night there. Um, it was pretty, I did not sleep at all you're just in such (laughs) like shock, you know, (laughs) like Mm. what just happened, especially because it was quite fast. I just didn't really, like I didn't even have time to comprehend what just happened. Um, I remember looking at her going, wow, that's crazy um, Mm. that she's now ours. Um, And then the next morning around nine o'clock, I just called the office and was like, can I please like, the reception area I said can I please like head home my midwife said I should be fine to go home this morning Walkworth birthing center um and secured me a bed there and then I headed to Walkworth for my recovery yeah awesome and how did you find going to birth care what was that like really enjoyed birth care we kind of got up there and I kind of turn up with your baby and you have no idea what to do but mm-hmm. over like the three nights we were there I gained really like all my confidence in being a parent and breastfeeding and the latch and just knowing what's mm. normal and what's not normal because I really could not imagine going home with a newborn baby doing this the first time and not knowing yeah. what to do yeah. you know um yeah so I think it was just really good for both Tyler and I just to spend time there and we're lucky with Walkworth they allow partners to stay and it's all free and funded so it's such an incredible service we're really lucky yeah yeah awesome and did you notice like your milk coming in or any of those sort of changes while you were in birth care yeah so I thought I didn't have colostrum just because I didn't leak or anything like that so when I went to birth care the lady expressly and she got a lot of colostrum and she said, wow, <laughs> there's quite a lot here. So then when my milk came in, I just, I might've had an oversupply. Um, and so my boobs were gigantic and, <laughs> yeah. and my, yeah, my milk came in when we were in Walkworth, which was good because I just kind of learned how to feed her when I had quite a, what's it like a fast flow and, oversupply so that was probably our challenge with that was kind of getting through her being able to handle the flow and stuff like that but yeah it was nice to have support around around it and about day two my milk came in so I still had it about another night or two with before we got discharged yeah and did they give you any tips like in terms of the fast flow or the oversupply that helped you or helped um, Atlas to be able to feed easier yeah, so I only had an oversupply on one boob, which is mm-hmm. really strange, um, quite normal though. So when I came to feeding on that boob, I would have to kind of lie back um, quite a lot and, yeah, just kind of hope 
that she doesn't choke and cough and stuff like that. But when she does, um, when she did, I would just pull her off and burp her and let her catch her breath, breath again and kind of go back. Um, yeah. I was told not to express it off because I'm reading online. They tell you to express it off at first. I read into yeah. that, um, but it still didn't. Like I tried it once when I was home and it didn't really make a difference on the flow for me anyway. Um, also, I was told it just promotes more milk making. So I wasn't encouraged to do that. So just pretty much just incline feeding or side lie feeding, um, which really worked for us, side lie feeding. But yeah, now that she's a bit older, she knows how to handle it and she loves it. So it <laughs> yeah. turned out to be a blessing. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Very cool. And what about, like, if you think back to the first sort of week or so that you brought her home after birth care, where was she sleeping? And did you, like, try to put her down in a bassinet? Or, like, what was your plan around her sleep arrangements and how did it sort of work out initially? Yeah, so we kind of had quite a strict get-go. She has always slept in our little... Uh, so we got a snooze pod co-sleeper um, for mm-hmm. them in that um, just next to us. So it's easy for me to grab her when she's feeding. Day we would kind of encourage the cot or in her own room or um, we've got like the little baby lounger from Dimples. Um, so she would just kind of sleep in the baby lounger majority of the time Um until she got a bit more aware, then we'd kind of do the cot or the baby lounger and go from there throughout the day, but always at nighttime doing the bassinet co-sleeper, which was honestly life-changing. She's still in it now and she loves it. So you can just pull the top off and if you need to go places and stuff, you can bring it with you to just not, you know, not change your routine up too much. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And what else have you found? Like, did you find anything particularly challenging in the first like month or so after she was born? And have you sort of overcome anything that feels like a lot easier now? Or yeah, what does the last couple of months look like for you? We have been quite lucky with her. She has, due to us being in a routine from the get go, she's really through a routine. Um, so I will say that that's probably changed our life a bit in terms of having to be home for all of her naps and her bedtime routine, but she's slept pretty much 12 hours since she was born. Mm. Um, touch wood. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and also bottle refusal has been a bit of a pain. Um, we try to constantly for her nighttime feed. So she's familiar with it. But a lot of the times, like, throughout the day and with people, she will refuse it up until the point where she's starving. Um, So that's kind Mm. of been a bit of a struggle for us because we Mm. do like our independence and we've got a really close-knit family. So we do like her to spend time with our family um, Mm. when when she can. So it's just, yeah, kind of getting through that at the moment. She's just a massive Mm. booby baby. Um, yeah, which is great, but yeah, I guess when it comes to independence, it's yeah, not always fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much been us really just the feeding side of things has been quite challenging and 
I kind of take everything, try to take everything day day by day a little bit. Mm. Um, if things change, just know that it's a phase and continue on with our routine and she eventually comes back right again. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm quite like an, an overthinker and quite an anxious person when it comes to stuff. So I, I really like kind of Google and <laughs> it's terrible. And ask my mum friends, like um, if she's not taking the bottle for like, what is wrong with my child, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But no, yeah. like it's just so hard not to do that. <laughs> oh, I know. And just when you've got people that go through the same thing, you just want advice and, yeah. you know, it's just nice to be able yeah. to connect with other mothers um, when yeah, you're struggling and to know it's normal. Yeah. But no, she, yeah. just besides the feeding element, she, yeah, she's been a really good baby so far. Really, really, really lucky with her. Yeah, amazing. And did you get your routine from anywhere? Like where did you sort of um, get like the routine, I guess the structure of it from? So we kind of never really had a routine for the daytime um, until she was probably about, only until she was about 12 weeks old, Um, just because I knew that it's kind of like unpredictable with a newborn um, just this mm. awake times and stuff can really change. So we've always had a routine for nighttime and that just stemmed from us having consistency. Um, like a friend of ours is a punket nurse and she like sp- spoke to us about how she recommends having a routine just, you know, like if she was to stay anywhere else, if she knows she's mm. having a routine, she goes down easier and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. and we're routine people anyway. So, it kind of just felt natural to us. So she's always kind of had bath, um, bottle in a dark room, white noise, and then into her swaddle and into her bassinet awake. And she's, I think that's really helped with her self-settling throughout the nighttime, just knowing that she goes to bed when she's awake and she puts herself to sleep. Um, mm. And then throughout the day, she's always been fine, like just kind of cruising around with us, whatever we do she kind of just goes along but yeah recently when she had a bit of a bad night which I I don't want to say it's a sleep regression or sleep changes or Mm. whatever whatever people like to call it um because it was one night but I kind of it kind of spooked me enough to go okay I want her to have a day routine and I don't want to have to rock her to sleep in the daytime so now we I kind of just read up about routines and babies with and babies this age for daytime um kind of looked at sleep training and stuff like that which is quite controversial but we didn't do the cry it out or anything we just did soft gentle one and now yeah. she puts herself to sleep in the daytime which has been amazing um yeah. yeah yeah so we kind of I think babies well my baby anyway likes routine um so we've been really lucky like whatever routine we have she responds really well to it yeah yeah awesome very cool and how have you recovered physically from birth did your stitches heal okay and yeah how do you feel um now uh I feel really good uh besides like I think the first probably eight weeks I just felt a little bit uncomfortable um just realized how bad my pelvic floor was really (laughs) um (laughs) after birth but besides like the stitches have healed amazing um which we've been, I've been lucky about as well. Um, just, yeah, I think 
I think the first eight weeks just kind of being a bit more careful and kind of like going, dealing with a bit of incontinence and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Nothing crazy, just more like when you sneeze and stuff, which I think is quite common. Um, So I looked into a physio and just kind of waited it out a little bit just to see if it would pass and it has eventually passed. Um, which is good. I'm getting my strength back again, so that's good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, recovery for me, I think, has been really straightforward. I've been really lucky. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. And is there anything else that you feel like we haven't covered or you want to include in your story or, like, anything, any advice that you'd give to someone who is about to embark on this journey as a first-time parent? Yeah, I, I think just for me, I really – like as a planner and overthinker, quite an anxious person when it came to something like this, just not knowing what I was getting myself into, just having an open mind to everything really, really helped me and having a positive mindset. Um, I really put that down to your um, course, like the hypnobirthing course, um, which I think really changed my feelings about birth into a positive one. But yeah, take everything day by day, of know that everything is a phase when it comes to a little baby and hopefully you'll get through it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I definitely agree with the phase comment I think like the um everything is a season sort of thing is actually really true although it can be so hard to remember that when you're like in uh, the thick of it so yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah, agree. just know that everybody goes through it and yeah just take yeah, it day by day sure. I really find that helps yeah yeah Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, India, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I really love talking to you. And yeah, I know there'll be lots of people out there who enjoy listening too. So thank you. Sure, for having me. It was really nice talking to you too. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it. And another huge thank you to our sponsor, Every Booby. Make sure you go and check out their breast tape. I am just such a massive fan Love them so much. So yeah, make sure you go and check them out. Otherwise, I will speak to you again next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.